Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Root Podcast, part of Dave Campbell's Texas Football's Republic of Football Podcast Network. As always, I am Carter Spires, here with my co-host Matthew Bartlett, the director and managing editor of The Root, your premier source for right sports news and analysis. Okay, first iteration of the new intro there had a minor flub in it, but I, I think we'll roll with it. I think I think we can get that to a really solid place going forward. Yeah, it's spring. It's spring ball. We're kind of in the initial stages. I, I had a coach this week describe it to me as you're not quite in football fall shape yet. You're kind of somewhere in between. So as we kind of ramp up to, I guess by September, we have to have this figured out. Ramp up to football fall shape, we'll have it down. So that gives us some time. It's you know we're we're in spring. Yeah, we're still we're still we're still learning. Uh, you know, we're, we'll st- we'll still working on our technique. We're still installing the playbook. Like everything's uh, everything's getting put together from the ground up. So I don't know what the podcasting equivalent of putting on pads is, <laughs> but uh, uh, we're we're hooking up our mics. I guess we're uh, yeah. We're, we're, we're testing our audio. We'll get there. Yeah, we got time. I, I, will, I have my one quick tip on here that I wanted to mention because I have this written down for a little bit and then we'll get into business. We got a lot of good stuff coming up. But for those who are subscribed to The Roost on Patreon, I want to give you a plug. You should download the Patreon app. Go do that. Sign in. It'll have your subscription info for The Roost right there. And it will have everything right in front of you so when something gets published it'll be pushed to your phone and you can read it right there also if you subscribe on patreon that's going to be delivered to your email inbox so it's some form you will get a notification or multiple that new news is happening and we do have new news in the spring we have several updates that have come up from spring ball so far everything from the roster to just broke down scrimmage one and we talked about the offense starting slow i promise this is a new update that has not been done before and kind of some of the details <laughs> in there shiny new quarterback that's yeah that's not at this point i feel new. like we could we could just go we could take a lot of last year's like spring podcast and just like awkwardly edit in the like robotic audio where we like sort of like bleeping something out except you're like you're putting in the new information. The new name. Like, yeah, like new transfer quarterback, JT Daniels. <laughs> <laughs> and then the the offense lost the first scrimmage by a score of 17 to 1. Just, you know, like. I really wish we should just slice splice in like a 30 second clip in there and see if anybody notices. Yeah, really just turn it back around like. <laughs> Edit it out like a couple of specific names and just have like, you know, want to see new quarterbacks potential, like excited about the wide receivers, like defense is looking salty and just like it'd be the same stuff, right? Yeah, more or less. That sounds the, fair. The future is about efficiency and we're, we're all about, you know, we're just we're going to reuse the stuff that worked and we're going to just need to make some minor tweaks from your year. Chat GPT wrote this podcast. <laughs> Does it talk yet? Oh, yeah. By this time next year, Chat <laughs> is going to be recording the podcast. <laughs> okay, so here's the here's the test. Y'all, when, y'all did, when, does, when does Pod GPT come out? I, I think we stumbled on a gold mine. How does this work? <laughs> Can we just patent it and someone pays us when the idea comes around? 
Yeah, or we just, uh, we, let's see, we trademark every possible variation of what someone would want to call the podcast bot of the future. Uh, and then we just make them pay us for the rights to the name. Great. We're going to retire. This was the last Roost podcast we, because we have struck it rich. Well, I mean, like, if, 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 uh, you know, podcasting is being done by robots, like, what, what other jobs do white men in their 30s have available to them? So we're really going to be pushed out of the market. It cuts too close. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Well, I I was saying this will be, this will be the first test run to, uh, you listen with your ears because that's how you listen and uh and figure out if the next you know couple minutes of spring ball recap are in fact new information or if we've just recycled and spliced in new names that'll be the the challenge for our listeners see if you're tech savvy enough to uh the, get the rice football version of a turing test <laughs> oh man that could go in so many ways <laughs> i guess we'll, we'll start with quarterback and i don't have a ton of notes here but i do have several very extensive write-ups up on the site at the time of this posting and and more coming. So if you want the full deep dive on JT Daniels, I I have wrote wrote a lot this week on him, but I did want to note that I had had a, I believe it was Tui tell me this week that in his first two scrimmages or first two live ball sessions of the week, he completed 26 of 28 passes, which is good. That'll I do. think we've had an all-time Rice quarterback completion percentage average under Bloomgren of like, shoot, it's got to be like what fifty, fifty-two percent, fifty-three. Yeah, like it's, it's it, man. it looks like one of those. It looks like somebody's completion percentage out of the like, I don't know, out of like the seventies when quarterbacks only threw deep balls and everybody like Hall of Famers had like fifty-two percent completion percentage and like about 1.2 times as many touchdowns as they did interceptions. Yeah. Not not great. Not not what we've been, become accustomed to wanting to see. But I, I will take, I didn't do, what, 26 out of 28, 90 some odd percent, something like that. I was told there would be no math. It's, it's very good. <laughs> He's not going to be that good this season. Percent, yeah. yeah, 90 something. That's an exact figure. But... The the offense did start slow in the first scrimmage, and Daniels did not have a touchdown pass. I think he might have had, uh, look at my notes here, like maybe three or four drives with the first team offense. Uh, did have a lead a touchdown drive that Dean Connors barreled in on the ground. I saw him run over like four or five humans, which I don't know if I've seen Dean Connors run over anyone yet. So I was, okay, that was impressive. We'll talk running backs in, in a second, but my, my kind of anecdotal comment that I've made to several people who have kind of come up and asked me, you know, new quarterback, is he, is he good? Is he good? Is he good? Has been that maybe, and you can you can challenge me on this, Carter, but I've always kind of gone under the assumption that you can't really prove that you're going to be a dude in spring football. You can tell me that you don't belong on the field. That's kind of my, my litmus test. So if, if you look the part and you're doing everything right in spring against, a, you know, a, a defense that a lot of the times, you know, or is not pulling out all the stops or there's a lot of familiarity with with your offense. If you're doing well against your defense, I feel pretty good. But you got to go do it about somebody that's not wearing the same color 
helmet is you till I get really excited. And so far, uh, JT's looked really good. He's done really well. I'm not going to anoint him, you know, the guy. I mean, well, he's the starter, but I'm not going to say he's going to fix all the offensive woes and be the dude that we want him to be just because he's had a couple good spring sessions. So I'm not I'm not not guaranteeing success quite yet, claiming victory. Uh, I'm saying that he hasn't clearly looked like he didn't belong. And altogether, I'm taking that as good signs from what I'm... He's doing everything he could for me to be happy with where the Rice quarterback room is right now at the end of March. Yeah, so like... Uh, quarterback especially is... Like you, I, I think you're, you're generally correct, is that like you can show promising signs in spring, but you can never... It's not a time where you where you make hard decisions about guys. And it's also quarterback more than any other position is that a guy can look great even in practices much later on in the act, like in fall and like during the season. But you never know about a quarterback in a certain context until the lights come on. So I've been burned too many times. Yeah. There's, there's no way you can say at this point, like, well, JT Daniels looks pretty good in practice. Like, okay, well, great. Like, it, it would be bad if he didn't look good, but there's nothing you could, there's not a whole lot you can draw from the fact that he did look good, I guess. Yes. If he were throwing three interceptions of practice, I, I would be, I don't know, lighting things on fire. This would be really bad. <laughs> but he's not. So I like that. There's, there's not many interceptions being thrown at all in practice, which I like. So, that's the quarterback note. The other thing I wanted to talk about is right now, end of March, the one-two punch at running back, as far as I can see, is Juma Taviano and Dean Connors. And that makes me really, really happy. I I think that there's a potential that somebody else gets brought into that room by the time we get to September and they're playing football games. But I, I'm i starting to believe that those two might get 65 70% of the work. And I think if that happens, that's the best case scenario for Rice football. Because Juma specifically finished last season really strong. And I've been banging the Dean Connors drum since he got on campus, and I want that dude to get more touches because he's really good at football. That's my, you know, football-based analysis. Really good at football. Yeah. If uh, I think if, again, like, hard to draw much from the spring, but if those guys are still in a position where they are clearly the top two guys uh, come fall, then I think you have feel pretty solid about the running back position, which is a question that we certainly have had questions about this all season. So uh, hopefully that just continues. And I'm trying not to like read too much into it because again, it's spring, but I went into, you know, the first kind of couple sessions of spring ball thinking like it is, it's malpractice that they have not added a transfer running back to this room. Like <laughs> I was, I was, I was on the, the verge of panic. Like they just need somebody and now I'm kind of coming around. I'm like, maybe you just you don't need somebody. Maybe you just need to not 
split up the workload among six running backs that all do different things and just trim it down a little bit to two and let them get rolling, which is, I mean, man, they haven't really done that since Austin Walter. Like Austin got a good chunk of the touches when, when Aston had his run in the sun, he was splitting time pretty heavily too. I think is and Austin wasn't even like a true bell cow. He was a lighter guy. Yeah, there's so. like almost nobody does uses just one running back these days, but there is a limit to the uh, the running back by committee approach. And generally, if you have two, maybe three guys, um, I would say I feel like the most successful running games tend to have like probably two guys as the main featured pair so it's a good place to be in if it keeps up yeah i i'm i'm pretty happy there uh, i think those are the other two the the one so those are two things that i'm pretty happy with the one thing that i'm less enthused with at the moment is the offensive line and again it's early in spring so grain of salt time but uh, and I was talking with Bloomgren the other day and I asked him, I'm like, how much do you miss Shea Baker right now? Because I, I forgot they, they had a tracker at one point that they tweeted out like every couple games of how many snaps Shea Baker had played in his Rice career. And I think it ended up like over like 4,500 or something like that. It was ridiculous. Like, I can't even count. I mean, I guess I could count that high, but it's it's a ridiculous number for a football player who played, what, five years of football, I guess. But, man, in, in scrimmage one, the snap issues were terrible. <laughs> like, there was a ball that went over the quarterback's head and ran 20 yards back. There were balls that took quarterbacks off, off their spot, uh, balls at their feet. And it wasn't just like, oh, there's this one center who was not very good and they got a backup and he was fine. It was like, I think they have four guys right now that are working at the center spot. And it just was a consistent, just like not quite working to the point where they called scrimmage. They did their little team huddle, sent everybody back home and the centers and the quarterbacks stayed after for like 20 minutes just practicing snaps. Felt like the basketball equivalent of the guy misses a big free throw in a game and he stays after when they turn, you know, the lights are off in the gym. Yeah. Just that one safety light and he's shooting like a thousand free throws. That felt like the football equivalent for a center. Yeah. So, you, uh, snapping is one of those things, whether you're talking about center to quarterback or uh, long snappers for special teams, it's one of those things that you do not appreciate how consistent it must be until you experience when it's not consistent and you're like, Oh, this is terrible. Yeah. So this is my, if we didn't say enough nice things about Shea Baker in the past, this is my belated. Thank you. Shea Baker for, for, for all, <laughs> all that you did. And uh, please come back. No, I mean, in all seriousness, I, I, I think that, I mean, snapping, Man, I can't really remember across all of college football. I guess there are a couple weird games, but it's not often that a team just has a whole season of can't snapping the ball straight. So I think them figuring out 
in spring will work, but it just kind of underscores that, you know, that Rice is returning two tackles, both of which we feel pretty good about. I think they'll be, you know, very quality tackles in the AAC, but the interior of the offensive line is is going to be brand new. I mean, they're going to have a couple transfers they brought in, uh, you know, kind of shifting guys around. I feel like there was probably five or six different guys that saw action at different spots last year. And so the challenge this spring is to figure out who goes where, and they haven't done it yet. And we're halfway through, more or less, so I give them time. But it's on the things that have kind of, you know, I'm I'm raising my glasses and, and doing that. Huh. We We will see. Those are kind of the big kind of takeaways, I think, on the whole, through the first couple weeks of practice. We got another scrimmage coming up here, and then we got the spring game. And uh, if you want more more nuggets, go subscribe on Patreon. Ten bucks a month. You got all the uh, football spring practice stuff. We got baseball recaps, analysis. I'm working on some basketball postseason stuff right now. This is like... You know, people, some people have told me, you know, like, I'll come back around in, in the fall when, when camps, fall camp starts up and it's football season. This actually is your best bang for your buck because you're getting the crossover of the end of baseball or the end of basketball, all of baseball, spring football. It, you've got National Signing Day wrapping up recruiting stuff and then you got into the summer. So there's, I, I'm not bored. You won't be bored. Uh, come check it out. And then uh, stick around. If you're not subscribed, Oh, I'll, I'll drop a, a mid-podcast plug. Is that <laughs> pro status? If you aren't subscribed to the feed you're listening to this podcast on now, you should do that. They didn't even pay me for that. That's just me being nice and being very appreciative for the folks at Dave Campbell's for letting us stick around. Because I guess we're two episodes in now and we've had a good time. I'm yep, guessing they're yep. having a good time too. Smooth sailing so far. Yeah, so that, right. that's that's spring. Yeah, half of spring. <laughs> and so, uh, with that out of the way, we do have another treat for you. As I assume, like I pulled this as we have, we haven't mentioned it thus far, and I was going to say as though like, ooh, surprise transition. But like, you are listening to a podcast. You have looked at the description of this podcast episode. By this point, even though we have not said it, you have realized that we have an interview upcoming, and it hasn't happened thus far. So it must be upcoming uh with his former rice defensive lineman Ikenian Ajuku. Uh so he's gonna hop on us with us here in just a second as soon as we're done with my ranting about um uh meta podcasting knowledge. Uh so we'll, the curtain. <laughs> so we'll hop over with him and uh yeah it's gonna be fun. All right, and we're here now with uh, former Rice uh, defensive end and uh, current uh, NFL draft hopeful, I guess you'd say at this point. Uh, Ken and Chuku, how's it going, man? Going great. How are you? Is it kind of surreal to hear former in front of Rice football player at this point? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I am still getting used to it. But part of me was like, like waiting for it, but like, when it happened, and I was like, man, still going back. What was that kind of like? Because I know I remember the bowl game when Bloomberg specifically mentioned post uh, the post game interview that uh, he didn't think he was going to get you back one more year, but he'd love to have you. At what point after that moment did it kind of sink in uh, that you were you were done done with with college football? Oh, man, 
probably sunk into me like even before that, probably during the game. It's like it's like man, like there's like last chance. And I was I really I was really fine for like every inch, like get those last wins. But I honestly like I've like thought like in the back of my mind the past months, like hey, like what if I came back? Like even like after like combine, like, like today, like what if I did like have one more season? What would I be able to do? But um, yeah, I gave gave a five had a had a good five years and made the most of it and. Yeah, I cherish every minute of it, but like you know, it's time to, time to move on to bigger, better things. I guess I've never really thought about it, but at what point does your eligibility officially stop? Yeah, I would have had uh, one more year if I wanted to. I guess once you turn in a piece of paper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I really yeah, it's like honestly, yeah, it's pretty, I know they're getting more relaxed with the the red shirt rules, like. People playing like eight nine years now, so I mean I, I don't think I could I could do eight years. I mean I would love to get three three degrees, but <laughs> at one point you have to stop playing against eighteen year olds. I guess I was doing that though, but I say yeah. like hey, it, it is a blessing for a lot of people. Like, like the more opportunities you get, the chances to like they're being so nice and kind to people, like giving them extra years because of COVID, who like they didn't get to play this fall season. It was a really good thing that NCAA did for that. Well, then, and you talked about that last bowl game, having those thoughts about, like, is th- is this the end? At what point, because we've talked to, I guess, a lot of Rice guys at this point on the podcast about their NFL dreams and aspirations, and a lot of those guys have landed in the league. Every kid, you know, back at Pee Wee football dreams of going to the NFL, but at some point – it's got to hit you that this has gone from, man, I hope I could do this to like, I'm going to get a shot. At what point did that kind of hit you that, that you were going to have a chance to actually fulfill that, you know, lifelong dream? Yeah. Like really since the beginning, since I started playing football, it's always been a maybe it's been like, okay, it's an option. It's like a plan A would focus on your plan B, but like really like the past like few months, um, probably say like, as soon as I, like, during last summer, I started getting a lot of calls from agents. They were telling me, like, how scouts were excited about me. Then I started seeing, like, all these scouts coming to our practices at Rice. Like, I remember Coach Calhoun said, like, he's, like, I'm the first player he's ever had to, that all 32 NFL scouts came to see, which is just, like, you know, it's my blow. I was like, man, like, it's really happening. At the same time, it's like, like, it's like, the higher you go, the higher you want to go. I was like, yeah, like, how are you? Like, it's like, even though, yeah, I was like achieving my dreams, like playing at a high level, when I, I still like knew I had more than thing. That's like thing that always like was crazy to me. It's the fact that I could, I always felt like I could still do better. So you had to, you mastered one position, had to go pick up another one, play inside and outside. Is there anything you didn't didn't get to pick up while you were at Rice? <laughs> uh, honestly, no. I, I feel like, uh, well, actually, no. There's a lot of things I didn't pick up. Um, yeah. They didn't uh, ever I try you out at free safety or anything like that? Say again? They didn't ever try you out at free safety or anything like that? Oh, I, I tried I tried to get back there one time, actually, <laughs> in, a, in one drill. Yeah, they, uh, <laughs> I dropped the pass, and I went back to the D-line drill. So, <laughs> <laughs> so wait, I knew they do the – I don't know what, what the drill they do, it, but Bloom started doing it at the last uh, – one of the last sessions of spring – where he flips the offense and the defense. Mm-hmm. When you went to play offense, what did you play? 
What's your offensive doppelganger? I'd play right tackle. Like, I, I wish I was at least playing tight end. So I think it's crazy. <laughs> I remember one year they let Antonio Montero play quarterback. I'm like, like they're gonna let Antonio Montero go play quarterback. I'm like, might as well have me back there. Like I can so better than him. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I, I thought it was fun, but it would be more fun if I actually was playing a position besides offensive line. Yeah, how you, how's your spiral? Oh, it's I, I could how they say like hit, hit the broad side of, of a barn 500 yards away. Yeah, that's that's me. Story. It's funny. I, I, I guess it, was, it, was, it, it would be very aesthetically pleasing to see a quarterback wearing number 91. So, <laughs> <laughs> hey, they just passed New Jersey rules this week. I I don't know if 91 was on quarterback, but I think they can wear zero now, right? Oh, really? For the college or NFL? For NFL. Oh, they bring zero. Oh, oh that's crazy. I know. Yeah, that. breaking breaking news on the pod. Yeah, I might, I might try to get a zero. I think that's my plan. Like, I if I don't get 91, I'm going to try to get a single digit, and hopefully uh, a bet might come and try to buy it off me. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, Calvin, Calvin Ridley has already posted a picture of himself repping a zero jersey. Oh, I love it. We'll see. Uh, but while we're on jerseys, uh, any special reason for 91? Yeah, so I remember starting wearing 91 my freshman year of high school. Uh, and we were just, I came time choosing jerseys. At first, I wanted number nine. I went there number nine. Like, like I was for the, I was the last person like got to pick the jersey because I was a freshman. And then, like the coach was in there, he's like, "You want number nine? He was just staring at the paper like this. He's like, mm, "I don't think we can give you. You're, you're a D lineman." But like, I was like, "Well, the senior hasn't just single digit number two. I'm like, he's like, uh, you're, how, "How would you get a different number? We can't give you a single digit number." I was like, "Man," I, I started thinking. I was like, "91." He's, and he's, he, looked at me, he looked at me and said, Tom Holly. I was like, yeah. So, yeah, that's the reason why I'm with 91. Because Tom Holly is uh, one of my favorite players on the Chiefs, like, ever since I started watching football. Yeah, about to say, you could do worse. I'm good. And, and you're, you're a KC guy, is that right? That is right. And now, that's obviously, P- PSA to all NFL teams, I'm sure Akina would love to play for you. But, uh... <laughs> How how neat would it be to not have to go far from home? Fingers crossed. That would be that would make things very very convenient for me, honestly. Um, yeah, make make a lot of things to me like off seasons and everything, travel, like having a car, all that. But um, I, really? I, I'd also be happy to go anywhere, of course. Because I just want to, you know, I just want to win, no matter what, what happens. I'm gonna get somewhere, take try to take it to the Super Bowl. Well, selfishly, I'm trying. I'm hoping to spread out all the former owls across the NFL. So no, no matter what NFL game I'm watching, I can at least see one or two of y'all. Because <laughs> yeah. there's there's quite a flock now. It, well, I guess it's Parliament, the official yeah, the official a, par- parliament. a Parliament, if you will. <laughs> yeah, we're good there. I feel like we got like probably like maybe one or two each year. So hopefully that number starts picking up now. They move to a new conference. Have you uh, have you gotten to? touch base with some of the guys either that you played with or, or, and are in the league now or even came before you and kind of touched base and gotten their their tips and, and thoughts on on the process or uh, how it's all gone? <laughs> yeah, I talked to him every now and then. I, I know uh, uh, Elijah Garcia and uh, Miles Adams were at the Pro Day a few weeks ago. Uh, I've talked to, like, Tramwell and Emmanuel. Um, all these guys, I'm hoping they like, get some more shots too. And like the guys are just like there's like all just so helpful. It's like 
very like beneficial to have like guys who have been doing it and like now I'm gonna become one of those guys who are doing it and like to be able to give back to like any other young guys who are trying to get to this level. What was like the most practical advice that they gave you? I'll never forget it was Calvin Anderson. We had him on the podcast and he was talking about when he got traded um, or ended up going from the Jets to the Broncos. And he talked about like the logistics of having to actual move and, and rent a car and how you get an apartment when you live in a different city on no notice. And so that was just, he's, he's like, these are all the things about like being an NFL player that there's no playbook for. So I need yeah. somebody to tell to tell you that. Uh, were there any actual like logistical? Hey, do this, not this. That they they're like, oh my goodness, that's brilliant. I, yeah, it, it was a lot. It's hard to think on top on top of my head, but I remember EG telling me like, just get ready for like the like hotel Airbnb life. Like sometimes you don't know what, like where it'll be the next month. Um, yeah, he was telling me about how like when he went to Denver, he was like in a hotel just for that month. And like you just like you need a car, you just like taking Ubers everywhere. I feel like that makes sense. You don't want to have to bring a whole car like across the country for one month, then you have to go back home. So yeah, I'm gonna be gonna be picking these guys' brains a lot more. Um, like when I'm trying to figure out the logistics of like money and like like saying the playbook and whatnot. Like I don't, I got a few few good tips from EG about like you know like learning the language of the new team you're on. That's too funny. Yeah, I would never have thought that Uber would become an essential for incoming NFLers, but I guess it makes a lot <laughs> of sense. What was the combine like? Is it any any interesting for you? Get any like obviously you don't don't name teams or anything like that. But did you get any like weird questions in interviews at the combine or anything like that? Yeah, honestly, um, no. I feel like maybe let's um, anything about it. Oh yeah, there's there's this one situation where I was talking to talking to a certain scout, and like so we were at a table. It was me, the scout, then there was another player, and talking to another scout. Then you know I'm from Kansas City, the scouts from St. Louis, and the other players over there from St. Louis. So we get into a back and forth about like which city is like the best city. <laughs> and of course I was like I was outmatched, so I definitely lost that argument. <laughs> but um, other than that, but, yeah, like I said earlier, the the interviews are pretty much you know. Often, like rinse and repeat, like the same question that the teams would ask. Then, uh, someone asked me to like drop your favorite play. I drew up the, the play I got my first sack on in uh, against North Texas in 2019. When I was asked that question, you still have that etched into your brain. What is that? Oh, for sure. Four no, years later, play. <laughs> yeah, the exact play I haven't <laughs> memorized. That's so funny. I mean, a rice grad at this point so there's plenty plenty more in that brain i'm sure <laughs> what what was the play oh, I, I don't know if i can say it on air I'll yeah don't don't that. don't, don't more get more <laughs> <players. I'm> <laughs> I, I think we still use it every now and then so yeah might be some, okay some <laughs> don't want to give away any spies on, on the air i'm about to say don't get me in trouble that's the only thing that can't come out of this well, that's pretty, that's pretty wild. And, and now that you got through, you mentioned pro day earlier and you got through the combine and we're recording this, I guess we're on the tail end of April or March going into April. Um, do you have, do you have like a countdown on your phone? Or are you just kind of like trying to not look at the calendar? What is your, uh, 
a nervous tick or avoidance of trying to figure out what's coming in the next couple of weeks? What, what are you doing to keep yourself busy or preoccupied? And are you counting down the seconds? Yeah, honestly, I'm stress-free, man. Like, I, I just, like, at this point, like, I've done so much work this year. It's like, I can't think anything about it anymore. So I'm just not worried about it. I'm just, like, trying to get stronger. I've just been in the gym. Like, I worked out, like, five days a week and then hang out with my, my family. So, I'm not, yeah, I'm not really uh, – not, I'm not nervous about it at all. This is, like, when it happens, what happens. It's, like, I'm not I'm not too anxious about it. It's, like, right now, actually, I'm appreciating this time I have right now before the draft so I can, like, get stronger and faster so I get even more prepared to like not like only like you know compete in main camp but like also like dominate main camp like you know earn that roster spot and earn earn the the skill and techniques to be able to earn some wins later on. Yeah I was wondering I guess like what at what this point in the process is like because you've had Pro Day, you've had the combines so it's sort of like the show off portion of the pre draft process I guess is mostly done at this point. But those, I guess, those mini camps are pretty quick after the draft. So, has the like level of intensity of the training kind of stepped down right now, or is it just sort of a shift in focus to like, I guess, maybe more football, more technique rather than like the pure kind of strength speed type of stuff that you'd be for agility that you'd be showing at the combine or a pro day. Yeah, things have definitely shifted focuses in terms of you know, like more football specific drills and workouts. But like for me, I, I made sure that I did not let myself like drop off and like in terms of intensity. Like I still want to use this as a good time to like like get to that next level, like to where I can say like, oh, I I'm improving so much every single year because I want to you know truly become a better football player for this next uh, upcoming season and you know make a, a, like a serious impact on whichever team I'm playing for that the coaches will definitely recognize. And and another thing to your point is like. The process of the All-Star game and the combine, it went by really so quick. Like, I honestly technically had less than, wait, like six and a half weeks of actually training. Because, yeah, I got there in January. I got there January 1st. And, like, first thing, like, you have, like, three weeks of training. You go to the All-Star game. Then, like, after that, you're, like, maybe, like, kind of trying to recover from the All-Star game. But after three weeks after that, and then you have the combine. So, yeah, it's, like, it just comes like it feels like a long time at some points but like it just it just like flies by that's how i really felt it was like uh like just a quick uh chapter in the life where it's a very important chapter though yeah so yeah i have to make the most out of most out of this chapter which is just like a blank slate of me working hard well, can we can we get one or two snippets? I know this is one of the one of the things that I know Carter always likes to make sure we get in here. But uh, we, I know that you've been asked a million questions about football and you as a football player. Um, are there is there one or two memories from your time at Rice outside of football that uh, you're, you're really going to hold on to or remember kind of some of your, your best days, things that you really enjoyed? We've had every answer from classes to beer bike, I think, at this point. But <laughs> but something outside of football. Oh man, yeah, there's a lot of good moments. Let me think. Um, yeah, honestly, like probably like the activities like Fourth Grade and uh, Baker Thirteen. So like you know, I'm not sure <laughs> these were like. Yeah, there's a lot of events like that. Rice students do where they run around doing very various things. <laughs> it goes on bigger 13. I, I'm not participating in that. 
but it was very hilarious. <laughs> not, not even for senior run. I'm, I guess I guess still coming up. So, uh... I I just watched from the balcony. I was just like <laughs> like seeing a horde of people. And I'm like interesting. So interesting. <laughs> or great for you and Sid. I, I I was I wasn't or great as Sid my freshman year. Um, O week. Actually, I honestly love O week. I feel like <laughs> a lot of. Uh, well, players loved O-League, but I was one of the people who loved O-League. Um, yeah, I think, I don't know what I was doing, but I, I was I was definitely enjoying what they had us doing. I was dressed up in the face paint. I was there, I was on the loudspeaker, like, cussing out the other 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 colleges. I'm like, <laughs> like, at the same time, man. I was trying yeah. to think of another funny thing happened on campus. O-League but... is, is such a blur as a freshman. It's, I, I was an advisor, sophomore, junior, and senior year, but, and it's, it's definitely like you got to put in the work beforehand before they get there, but it's a lot more relaxing as an advisor than mm. when you're a freshman and when you're just like, what is happening? Why are so many people <laughs> running around and yelling? <laughs> yeah, I'll say the other good parts was like during the probably during study hall, like at the at Bixby, like of course you know people would come there to you know study, but it came to a certain hour where it's just like you start complaining about your work, then you start goofing around, then you know start maybe like having to a paper ball competition in the, the study hall room. It's like, it was always like just some good memories in there. Um, like just good conversations. It was always, it was always, it was always eventful, especially when you're a freshman uh, in study hall. Got some interesting folks at Rice. Indeed. That's too funny. Can we, can we get your, uh, pick your brain on some of the guys who still are going to be on campus? I uh, oh, I know sure. you're not going to pick favorites, so I'm not going to ask you to do that. Um, but we've gotten used to seeing you and Trey Schumann out there, Isaiah Floyd, Braylon Carroll. They're now they've been here forever at this point. Uh, are there a couple? Give us the scouting report on some of the young guys that, since you're not going to be laying up and taking a snap, somebody's going to have to. Who are some of the young guys that you think um, Rice fans are really going to get to know? this coming season and next couple of years? Yeah, I think one of the first players that comes to mind was uh, Marcus Williams. Yeah, he's uh, like Miss Stepping into like a much bigger role this spring ball camp. Um, yeah, I think I think what, like, what I've seen with him uh, like this previous year is like, you know, he's like got to play for the first time, like got to play like meaningful uh, stats for the first time. Like, he was like, you know, making it count. He was uh, out there making plays, playing with confidence. Uh, another guy would be uh, Davion Hunt. He was also like, as a as a true freshman, like going out there, like making big plays, like laying big hits out there. Um, he's also played safety. I'm trying to think. Um, Say so starting Carton. in the secondary. Yeah, yeah. The, sec- the secondary is going to be going to be pretty nice next year. I feel like yeah, we only lost George, so other than that, like we're getting better there up there too. Um, on the offense, I probably say. Um, um, I'm not sure if like Dean Dean Collins counts as a young guy. Does he? Yeah, I think he does count as a young guy. <laughs> Um, but he's gonna be uh he's gonna be making plays for us too. Him and uh Ethan Yamala, he's a uh, another young young guy O line. Like you know, he's gonna probably you know step into that role this year, in my opinion, where he's gonna start like just pulling people on, on the field and dominating them. I'm looking forward to watching that. And I want to ask you about Ethan because we kind of take for granted if you know for somebody who's not maybe sitting in the O line room, uh, but. How how rare is it to have a true freshman be a starting tackle on a, on a D1 football team? And then what was it like going up against him in practice? Because I'm sure at some point you come in, you're like, okay, 
this one is not like most of the other freshmen that I've lined up against. <laughs> Man, I would say he's like the rest of my opinion, man. Yeah, yeah, the friends of me, you know, they all the same. Just kidding, I'm saying. There we go. He's been like, I've seen him like just like get better with his technique. Like he just, I always like know that he just comes with confidence. Like especially like up in the trenches, like because there's a strength, there's like a difference between like you know like weight room strength and football strength. Like you you build the weight room strength, but you have to like in your mind unlock unlock how to translate the football like through your aggression. And I've seen. Ethan get better in his technique. I've seen him get better in his uh, motor and his uh, like focus and like really his pass set too. Like like he's all he's been putting it together. He's been like definitely put uh, basically say trial by fire because yeah he's a uh, like he's he, like as a freshman yeah you know yeah, yeah he might have size like it comes with experience and he's gotten like some really good experience having having played a lot these last two years. And I feel like especially on offensive line that experience is going to carry him a long way as he uh. In terms of a, a, a monster on the offensive line. I love it. We got some offensive uh, nuggets. We got somebody in the secondary. What you're telling me is we got some good guys coming back. Oh, for sure. Yeah, they, I feel like I thought like yeah, I thought that from the beginning. Like yeah, it's like we didn't lose that much. Honestly, I feel like these guys are gonna like like do what they've been doing, getting better every each off season, and just make. make like start like pushing the needle, getting better every year, like increasing the wing count. And like these guys are hungry to be in the new conference too. I'm excited, man. It should be fun. Yeah. Um so, so it's definitely a more diverse um scouting report than we usually get. Usually it's a little more uh, positionally focused. Oh yeah, I I, I can go on for days. I, I I love those guys, man. I'm I'm really excited to watch them. It's like so I always like you know thought about like I seen like you know guys who came uh teammates that came before like they watching us and like they'd be like so intrigued of like how like things have changed and now I'm in that same situation as like man like the curiosity is there like how how is things gonna be like without me and all and all these other guys I want to see like what like these new guys are gonna be able to do especially the, the young guys like you know I've only seen some people on scout team I, I was just curious on like how how they're gonna like you know sink or swim when they get thrown in the real game. Can I tell you one guy I got circled? Who is it? Damone Green. Oh, yeah, I was just about to bring him up. You guys give me more time. Yeah, Damone, he's awesome, <laughs> man. Like, he's he's locked in. He cares about the game. Like, he's been, uh, like, from the beginning, like, personally, always, like, asking me questions, always trying to um, figure out how he can be better. And he is, he's, like, a great player. Like, he, he had a, a sack on, first, on his first play. Which is like much better than my first play. <laughs> my first place, but um, no, nah, Jamal's got a bright future. I'm, I'm rooting for him, man. I'm like, uh, if he, if he needs something, like I, I want to like help him get better. So, like, I want to want to see like all, all my friends, all my guys, like get to the level I'm at, like, or even be better than me. Really, I'd love for them to be better than me. Hey, if we get uh, any defensive lineman that's better than uh, Akena, I think uh, I think Rice football will be well served. That's probably a good problem to have. Yeah, that's that's where, that's where I'm at with that. The more the merrier. Stock them full. What's the uh, what's the appropriate number of bodies in in a defensive line rotation? Is is it four so you never have to come off the field? Do you need do you need a uh, six or seven so you get a uh, every other series off? Or what, what's the ideal answer? Yeah, I definitely say you want to have a one and two in my opinion. That's, at least that's why I like hear from all like what all the power five schools do. As much as I would love to like play the whole game 
and like pad my stats like <laughs> like five times. That's really what I was doing uh, uh, in 2021. That's how, that's really how it was. But I guess like from a practical standpoint, yeah, you want to have a one rotation and two rotation, but you also want to make sure that your twos are is not there's no drop off with your depth. Like you put the twos in, it's, it should be as if like the stars are still in. I don't know. I've been watching spring ball. Two defense seems to be doing just fine. Oh, yeah, that's how it should be. <laughs> David is usually ahead of offense at this point in the spring, but, uh, yeah, it definitely seems to be that way at this yeah. point. Yeah, I will say like, that uh, things are usually more lopsided towards defense, at, or, like, at least more, at most places, at least especially when you're playing against the same guys for, like, five years. Like, you know all the plays. Like, it's, it shouldn't be too too much of uh, the offense to surprise you. Um, but at the same time, it should be a little more level level. So I feel like oh. I think, I think even Coach, Coach Bloom admitted that like if the defense is getting gassed in practice by by the offense all the time, then you probably have big problems when you're going against the yeah. team season. I asked Coach Bloom at, at any level of football that he's been at, has the offense ever won the first scrimmage of any session? And he's thinking about he's like, let me think back through training camp in the NFL and spring ball and fall camp in college. He's like. It might have happened once, but he's like, <laughs> it's pretty much always the defense. Yeah, it, it takes it, it takes it takes like offense. I, I admit, it takes it takes a lot of chemistry. Like it takes a lot of like things to go perfectly right with every single position. Like some some guy like can get make a mistake and it can make everything just crumble. You know, play crumble down. You just start handing the ball to Luke McCaffrey and daring everybody to tackle him. It seems hard to do. Yeah, that's also a strategy. Like, just let him play back to our football. There you go. Y'all heard it here first. If or if we need a offensive uh, pinch hit, my, my game plan is just give the ball to Luke. That makes, makes a solid, very solid, easy. Have solid game plan. They haven't called me yet, so we'll see. <laughs> I love it, man. Well, it's uh, I, I think that's all we had together but i wanted to say thanks for for stopping by and and spending some time with us it's fun to just hang out and talk about whether or not you did or didn't participate in certain a week in baker run events and <laughs> and just catch up with the person that's uh under the helmet and uh enjoying life uh kansas city barbecue or houston barbecue almost let you go <laughs> what do we got on here? I have, I have it ready. Kansas City. I can't. I'm probably like, I'll take this with me so I can have some, some, some type of good, good grilled meat. That's amazing. Right. We just got a sauce bottle put in front of our face. I, yeah, that, that's a serious stay ready, don't got to get ready moment. <laughs> <laughs> I'm speechless. Yeah, I'll, I'll say I like, mean, I, I, I got to take you wherever I go. But that's a that's a whole new level. <laughs> Did you bring that to your combine interviews? Okay, no, I I, I actually I could have. I definitely like brought. You it thought like, about like, it? Like, yeah, it's like you never know. Like the food's not tasting good. Just you know, put a little of this on there. Yeah, you would fun. you especially in Indianapolis. You would want to like they they don't they don't spice the food a whole lot up there in the Midwest. You want to. uh <laughs> You want to have that ready. Uh, over here, we, we spice it up well. And Kansas City, we spice it up <laughs> great. Keep that ready just in case. 
you end up getting somewhere somewhere cold. You bring your you bring your spice. <laughs> oh, I love it, man. It was fun. It's always fun to get to chat, and uh, we certainly wish you the best. We'll have to have you back on after you get drafted, and uh, once you get done uh, sure. figuring out how to Uber to practice and uh, where you're gonna live. <laughs> I'm thinking about that all the time. I was just like, I don't know where I'm going to be, so I can't even like look, start looking. But like, I'm just like, like dreaming like what type of apartment I would want, like what type of like car, like like you know, lease or like rent or like or finance, or whatever. But like, I'm just I'm just like, looking forward to. It. I'm like nothing like no anxiety, just like excited for like every part of it. All right, well, that's awesome. Well, yeah, um, like I said, that's really great to chat with you. Glad to have you on here. Um, well, actually, we'll do the thing and see if you echo. will uh. Do our usual sign off. So uh, we're glad to have you, and uh, thanks everyone for listening. And uh, right fight never dies. This show was edited and produced by Carter Spires. It features music from Joseph McDade.